You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Um, so today is going to be one of those days where I just have a pile of stuff to talk about. And it's really hard to kind of organize it all. Nothing earth shattering. I've been kind of putting this off as long as I can. Because every time I start the podcast... I get 95% of the way through, and then there's some breaking news thing, and it's like, oh, crap. So then it's going to be a day, two days late. But so far, relatively early on Sunday, not anything interesting going on, aside from people continuing to say that um, again and Silverstein are, uh, Silverstein are um, angry old guys who make stuff up because they hate Rodgers. I'm actually surprised there really isn't any pushback on this. I, I, I kind of said this before, but I got a massive, massive amount of pushback when I simply pointed out that Ian and those guys were speculating. It wasn't a big deal. They're just, this isn't a report. They're just saying, I think. And people lost their mind. How dare you? And now we have two extremely well-established Packers beat writers, kind of. Um, McGinn isn't really anymore. Now he's kind of one of those behind the scenes, but still plugged in like underground kind of guys. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting subgenre. He doesn't do much writing anymore. He just uh, rubs shoulders and then occasionally emerges with all the details. It's kind of like um, Michael Lombardi and some of those other guys. You know, I don't. I don't know exactly know what they do, but they just emerge with all this information. Like, oh well, thank you, Tony Pauline those guys. But I'm, I'm just stunned that the, you know, army of Twitter reporters isn't coming out to say, how dare you question two very well-established reporters on news that they heard? Because this is actually a report. And uh, it just seems like everyone's kind of, nobody's really pushing back on them. Like, they're old and angry and stupid. And I wait for it, like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> Nothing. So, I don't know, man. Weird situation. But no super new news. So why don't we uh, just rip through some of this stuff. We're going to actually zoom all the way out. Um, Non-football fact of the day. Humans have stripes like zebras. Do you know that? Human skin has stripes called blascolines, which was uh, found by a German guy 75 years ago. Run up and down the arms and around the torso. Normally can only be seen under UV light. Scientists now believe that the lines are due to the way cells develop from an early embryo. So, there you go. Humans are like zebras. Fact of the day. 
In other news, uh, Mr. Alvin Kamara is in trouble. Four men, including NFL star Alvin Kamara and Cincinnati Bengals cornerback Chris Lamans, were indicted by a Clark County grand jury for allegedly beating, uh, for an alleged beating outside of Las Vegas night. Why is it always Vegas? Rogers, don't go to Vegas, man. Don't do it. Everybody, go, every one of these fights is in Vegas. Every controversy is in Vegas. Even when Devontae went there, he went from being a super nice guy to assaulting cameramen. At least that's what the title said. Remember Johnny Manziel? Pictures coming out of him. That's when his downfall started. He was in Vegas, like, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. It's always Vegas. The fights are always in Vegas. Football players, they go to Vegas, they get into fist fights in the hotels. Beating outside a Las Vegas nightclub during an NFL Pro Bowl weekend in, the, in uh, February 2022, the men were charged with two criminal charges, including felony battery, with substantial bodily harm, blah, 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 blah. Of course, the guy that got the crap beat out of him wants $10 million, which, let's be honest, I would probably do that too. Dude, I would take a beating from Alvin Kamara so fast for $10 million. Dude, I will chill in a coma for a couple months. You know, a couple month vacation up inside my own brain, come out with a little bit of a stutter and $10 million bucks. Heck yeah, dude. So that's what Kamara's going through. As you can tell, this is something that happened from last year, but I don't know. In addition, there are questions now, or maybe it's not even a question. Seems like, potentially, the Super Bowl could be moving to a pay-per-view style format. From Pro Football Talk, former ESPN president John Skipper has twice suggested that the Super Bowl may eventually become a pay-per-view event. However, if the NFL decides to remove the Super Bowl from free over-the-air TV, Congress may immediately strip the NFL of its broadcast antitrust exemptions, which would result in potential revenue loss and impact the willingness of the owners to continue to share revenues. Additionally, if the NFL decides to charge $100 or whatever uh, to watch the Super Bowl, there's no way 100 million people would tune in. Dude, I wouldn't have watched. You're going to charge me $100 to watch that garbage? I'm not doing it. That was not even that entertaining. It was not. Unless it's the Packers, I'm not paying jack. I think it's a stupid idea. The Super Bowl is the Super Bowl because it's the biggest event of the entire country. Our entire country, that is it. That is the biggest televised thing. Everybody tunes in. Everybody's got to see the commercials and the halftime show just so we can complain about it. But we got to watch it. If you make it pay-per-view now, it's like this. You know what I mean? Like, pay-per-view was always stupid. It's like this thing behind the glass that, like, you know four people that are doing it. And you're like, hey, can I come over to your house and I'll throw you, like, 20 bucks or something? And I haven't even done that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't even seen paper. What Does pay-per-view still exist? Where is pay-per-view? I don't even know what pay-per-view is anymore. It's, it's, it's a thing where you can watch fighting. I have no idea what pay-per-view even does. <laughs> I haven't seen anything on pay-per-view since I was probably 15 years old. I was watching like a Roy Jones Jr. boxing match or something. Anyways, in more positive news, uh, YouTube TV has made an announcement, this via also Pro Football Talk. YouTube TV announced that the NFL Sunday ticket will be available to its subscribers starting from the 2023 NFL season. The service has previously only been available on DirecTV since its inception in 1994. Sunday ticket will be offered both as a YouTube premium channel and as an add-on to YouTube TV. However, there may be some blackout restrictions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, more details, including pricing and potential flexibility, are expected to be released in the coming months. Previously, Sunday Ticket was an all-or-nothing purchase with no option to purchase by weekend or by team. So, super excited about um, things like this opening up. I'm so tired of this antiquated direct TV nonsense. Just give me options, man. Let me pick 
you know, let me check the boxes and stuff, you know, build your own thing. Hopefully it's a better experience. I'm assuming it is. I don't know. Uh, the XFL took place, or it's taking place. I don't know. I I did what I usually do. I watched the first game and then shrugged, and then now I'm done with it. Um, but I got to see the Vipers. Got to see Geronimo. But uh, fortunately, Zach Cruz put together a list. So if you have not seen the XFL yet or have not quite figured out what team you're interested in, here is a list of 32 former Green Bay Packers. Tight end Nate Becker, Arlington Renegades, Aaron Adoye, Sean Byer, Keith Ford, uh, Sal Canella, Josh Hawkins. I did see Sal Canella. That was great. Um, he dropped a pass, but whatever. Josh Hawkins, uh, George Moore. They're all on the Renegades. Then you got Kentrell Bryce. That dude's kind of a dog. Um, Ryquel Armstead, Chris Blair, uh, Fidel Brown, Ty Clary, Kyle Murphy, uh, Nadir Rouse. Ethan Wolf, Cody Conway, uh, they're all in the DC Defenders. Then you got the trash can full of dirt, Jack Heflin, just tearing it up with the Houston uh, Roughnecks. I dig that for sure. Chauncey Rivers, who was decent. Raleigh Texada, um, they're all for the Houston Roughnecks. Then you got Gerald Willis on the Orlando Guardians. Alize or Elise Mack, or however you say his name. San Antonio Brahmas. The heck is a Brahma? Jordan McRae, uh, uh, Delonte Scott, Trayvon. Uh, that's the Brahmas team. Then the Sea Dragons, Trayvon Hester, Dominic Eberly, the kicker, Michael Manette, Ryan Pope. Uh, then you got the Battle Hawks, Darius Shepard, John. Uh, no, that's it. Vipers, John Lovett. Brett Hundley, Geronimo Allison, a Marvin uh, Evans. So there you go. There's the list. If any of that inspires you to pick a team, I was kind of digging on the Vipers for sure. I got to reconsider that considering they lost. And you got the Houston Roughnecks with Jack Heflin. I mean, Roughnecks and the trash can full of dirt. Did they win? Probably got smoked, didn't they? Every good team sucks. Every time, Every time these garbage leagues start up, I pick a team, and I'm like, that's my... Usually, it's like Florida coast somewhere, like, you know, Tampa team or something. They always suck. My teams always lose. And then immediately, I'm like, eh, I'll pick a new team. I don't care. I got no allegiances. I want to pick a good team. Oh, dang. Houston Roughnecks killed the Guardians 33-12. You know why they only got 12 points? Because you're trying to run through a trash can full of dirt, son. <laughs> you can't do it. You ever tried it? You can't do it. Actually, you probably could, but uh, it would suck. Um... And then finally, on the just general NF, uh, NFL stuff, Biennemi did officially get hired. So uh, good news all around, and I'm assuming we won't have to hear about the uh, racism and whatnot, so that's a plus. It's a massive problem and doesn't appear to be getting any better. Oh, Every offseason, there are new stories like this, or there's new studies hmm. substantiating the fact that this is a systemic issue in the NFL. Most recently, I would point people to a terrific series that the Washington Post did, where they looked at three decades of hiring data. and in the That's pretty wild. You know what's actually really funny, aside from her being upset because Eric Bieniemy got hired and that's proof of racism, they have a graphic up of five coaches that got hired, um, and D'Amico Ryans, who happens to be black, is on the list. <laughs> I don't get it. That's, that's 20%. One out of five is 20%. Here, I, I don't want to make this a big thing, but... There is nothing 
on planet Earth that makes less sense than this. There's probably like five things, but that's it. This doesn't make sense. Why don't we ask this question? Why did D'Amico Ryans get hired instead of Eric Bieniemy? Why would the Texans choose? And by the way, this is, I think, back-to-back black head coaches that they've hired, unless they had one sneak in between Lovey and D'Amico. I can't, I can't recall. They're flying through coaches so fast. Why are those guys getting jobs and Bieniemy isn't? Why don't we ask that question in particular? You can't say resume because this is, it's, it's not about his resume. First of all, his resume is glowing. And of course, you would take the offensive coordinator in an offensive lead of the team that just won the Super Bowl twice in very recent history, and the offensive coordinator that's been there the entire time over anybody else. I don't care how good the 49ers are. D'Amico Ryans has been their defensive coordinator for like five seconds, and they were just as good when the last guy was in there. Although that's true with Biennemi also, but still, why? It just doesn't add up. White coaches, black coaches, they're all flying all over. They're getting hired, they're getting fired left and right. There's black coaches everywhere. The enemy got a job. Why is it that he's struggling and other black coaches aren't? Why don't you ask that question? I know why. It's because you don't want to, because it's much easier to push a narrative than actually get to the root of the issue. What is wrong with the enemy? And you can't say skin color because it doesn't explain why D'Amico Ryans just got hired by the Texans. And if it's a race thing, why would you hire Eric Bieniemy? Why would their minority head coach hire a minority offensive coordinator when everybody's racist? This is such a simplistic, stupid conversation. So racist, they hired Ron Rivera. <laughs> Maybe it's enemy Because if he was built to be an NFL head coach and was the architect of the Kansas City Chiefs offense, teams would be beating down the door to get him as the head coach, and they're not. You know how I know that? Because black, head co- black coaches around the league that have success, they get hired as head coaches, like they did for the Jets, like they have for the Texans. That's why Biennemi took this job. You know why? Because he knows if he succeeds here, he'll get a head coaching job. That's why our special teams coordinator has been getting interviews for head coaching jobs, despite the fact that he's a special teams coordinator. This is the dumbest, dumbest conversation. By the way, Skip Bayless's contribution to this, let me read this little snippet, this little summary that I got here. Skip Bayless, the sports commentator, suggested that the NFL has an issue with representation in the head coaching ranks and attributes it to old white NFL owners being uncomfortable socializing with black coaches and their significant others. The only thing racist about this time of year are people like Skip Bayless who say ignorant crap like that. Old white racists who don't know how to talk to black people. What are you talking about? It's like we, we, we refuse to process basic information and go into this deep conspiracy theory land where everybody's this evil racist. Okay, yeah, these, these evil capitalistic billionaires who want to make money are going to refuse to hire a guy that's going to get them to the Super Bowl because they may, the, the coach's skin color makes them uncomfortable. This is the best explanation we can come up with for why guys like D'Amico Ryans are getting hired and Eric Bieniemy has not been able to get hired. That's the best thing we can come up with. Really. It's absolutely impossible, impossible, that he's just not built for being a head coach. That these meetings are going horribly. I read an article, like, well, there's no evidence of that. Who do you think is going to come out publicly and say, we didn't hire him because he sucks? Nobody's going to say that. They're always, well, we think he's great and all that. We just decided to go in another direction. Nobody's going to publicly come out and say, the, the guy's got an IQ of a potato. I can't, we can't work with that. He has no social skills. 
I don't know what the problem is, but they're not going to come out and say it. Do I have to bring up his criminal history again? I'm not going to, but come on. This is, this is dumb. Every freaking year. I was so happy. Like, oh, good. The guy got a job. Somebody hired him. We can all shut up about it. Nope. Got to keep doing it. It's impossible that everybody just assumes that that offense is the Andy Reid offense. And the fact that all these coaches leave there, like, uh, what's his name that went to the Bears and fail? And they're like, you know what? Let's maybe not do that anymore. No, that's impossible. The other thing makes way more sense. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, uh, moving a little bit closer now, we've got some Chicago Bears news. Apparently, they are releasing Al-Qadin Muhammad, which is somewhat surprising, um, despite all the Bears fans screaming that this guy's going to be great because he's coming over and scheme fit, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, they decided to go in another direction. Chicago Bears releasing defensive end Al-Qadin Muhammad, who will become a free agent. Muhammad's release will save them $3.9 million in cap space. Obviously, that's not the reason they did it. Actually, why did they do it? Even if he's not that great, you don't have any pass rusher. You clearly have the money. He's not expensive. He understands the scheme. What? Why? What? What? Is, I don't. I don't understand. But they let him go, so they just got worse. Congratulations! It's another guy you're gonna have to replace in the draft. I hope you're able to trade back and acquire like 75 picks because that's what you need. Found this article from Pro Football Network. I'm going to uh, peruse through it simply for the sake of trolling any Bears fans that might be here because I find it hilarious. The title, written by Ian Valentino, Justin Fields' Landing Spots. <laughs> Panthers, Colts, and Buccaneers make sense if Bears, if Bears trade the quarterback. I just think it's funny. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to read it. <laughs> the title was good enough. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what his trade value is. It doesn't matter what they get in return or who would where Fields would go. It's just funny. And then on top of that, you've got this clip that is just driving everybody up the wall. Makes me really believe in all this conspiracy stuff about you know GMs trying to get the media all whipped up because people are finding every reason they can to get whipped up on the the old media circuit. Um, Justin Fields apparently doesn't like it when it's cold. It would probably be difficult to adjust to it. Say yes. Yes, it is very difficult to adjust to it, especially with the wind. Um, that's what I found out. That's, that's what it's all about is the wind. You know, it can be cold. It can be 10 degrees. With no wind, you're fine. But with that 15-mile-per-hour wind, 20-mile-per-hour wind, I mean, you can't fight your stuff. There, so. There's something to be said, I think, about, like, your physical running style. You're, you're a big dude. You're strong. Playing in that type of weather, mm -hmm. you inflict more pain on them than they do on you. The thing is about that weather is, like, when, when it's that cold, you have to bumble, bundle up, like, put a bunch of layers on and stuff like that and. Your body's cold, so you're not warmed up. So I feel like way slower in that cold weather. So it's tough. Ooh. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, of course, want to try to stay warm on the sideline and stuff like that. But I mean, it's hard to stay warm in that weather. I mean, warm ups and stuff like that, your hands freezing up. So it's, it's tough. We're going to clip that and just send it to anyone who says that we shouldn't move to Arlington Heights. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I hope we just get a dome. I don't, I don't yeah. care if we're at Soldier Field. I don't care if we're in Arlington Heights. I, I, I hope we get a dome on that. Okay. So, yeah. So somehow. That's being spun into Justin Fields wants to be traded. He doesn't want to be here. That's a big red flag. They need to move on. If he can't play in the cold, it's a massive advantage. How dare you? Colin Coward, Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, they're losing their minds. And he talks about how the Chicago weather is really, really a bummer and hard to plan. You look at Favre and Brady and Bradshaw, and Ben, and Aaron Rodgers, even the California kid, they all say they view it as an advantage. Brady has won 87% of his games in cold weather. 
Mahomes' passer rating, 111. Burroughs, 105. They're not seeking comfort. All of them are seeking an edge. It is an edge to play in Chicago. Yeah, you sissy. Field Man sees up. it as an issue. Yeah. It's hard. I feel slower. Yeah. It goes back to the placebo effect. You're talking yourself into this thing not working. Like, I get it. It's cold. Loser. Great quarterbacks are not seeking comfort. <laughs> They're all seeking an edge. Chicago's an edge. He's got a big arm, a not big great. frame. Loser. And if you look at Fields' record in just temperatures under 40, it's awful. 0-7, 61% completion percentage. Passer rating mid-80s. I got news for you, Justin. Chicago's not getting warmer. <laughs> it's not getting warmer. Dude, is 0-7 in the cold? He's a Bears quarterback? No wonder that team sucks. I, I showed the stats sometime last year. Chicago has as big, if not bigger. I think I think he might have even heard, Coward might have even said it. Um, bigger advantage is Chicago. And he was talking specifically about it's colder in Chicago. But I, I mean, their record, the Bears at home in the cold, is very, very good. This dude is 0-7. I know it's during a stretch when they suck, but you know he is the quarterback presiding over this suckage. Completion percentage, 61.5. Touchdown to interception, 9-6. Passer rating, 85.3. Dang. Dang. I mean, I'm, I'm just trolling, but for real, that's a problem, dude. That's a problem. Although you're getting your dome, so I guess it won't be a problem. But there goes your cold weather advantage. Now you're just some douchey dome team that nobody cares about. And um, and I was thinking about this. The Bears, I've never trusted Bears ownership or front offices. The great organizations manipulate the draft. I'll just throw this out to you. And this is part of what I love doing this show. Just kind of throwing something throw out. Throw it out there. So if the Bears... Yeah called Atlanta tomorrow with the eighth pick and said, we're going to give you Justin Fields. Atlanta's got a star tight end, a star receiver, kids from Georgia playing a dome, bad division. Atlanta, Arthur Blank doesn't want to be awful again. And Do they it. don't think Desmond Ritter's the guy. Do I it. watched them last year. Did you? Fields is bigger, stronger, more athletic. Way there's better. some wow there. It's mostly run wow. It's almost all run wow, but there's some wow there. That's what Fields so does, Atlanta man. says, hometown kid. Run wild guy. back. And they give Chicago picks. And now Houston, who may like Bryce Young, and Indy, who their owner said loves Bryce Young. We heard his owner say that. Chicago goes, so I still got the number one pick, Mm. and I just got additional picks. Mm -hmm. And then you call Indianapolis. Indy says, we love Bryce Young. That's what their owner said. And they don't want to risk having Houston take the number one. Okay. So then... Indy gives you picks, and all you have to do is move back to four. Who's our quarterback, though? And if you don't see a huge disadvantage, Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, and in fact, Chicago is cold and windy, and Bryce Young, mm-hmm. who played in California and the South, like Rogers. they may view him in Chicago as not the arm strength or the size right. they want for durability in that cold, windy weather. Okay. They may- I feel like you're rambling now, and you've completely lost... This is like a Michael Scott moment where he's just trying to find it now. I don't think he knows what he's saying anymore, but I found it interesting to kind of make fun of him. But hey, Justin Fields, man. Not now I'm thinking, don't move. Stay there. I mean, I know they're not going to do it this year, so it's going to be another year of Justin Fields being trash. And at that point, 
we're having a wildly different conversation. The fact that it's like 40, 60 already, um, 40% being get rid of Justin. Next year, if he has another bad year and hasn't figured it out yet, and they did go get the weapons, and maybe the weapons don't materialize because maybe part of the problem is Justin, which is why the weapons didn't materialize last year or the year before, and everybody was worse for some weird reason, you know? Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Darnell Mooney was a number one, went down to being like a garbage nothing receiver. I don't know. It's crazy, man. One more year, though. It's going to be like 80-20. And Bears fans, once they give up, which they kind of did with Justin for like a brief second, and then they got a second win. They found an excuse, and then he started running a lot, and they got all jacked up about running for some reason, even though his throwing didn't improve even a little bit. So they're able to talk themselves into it. So now they're back. But you get another year of this, 80-20, maybe 90-10. Bears fans are going to be ruthless. Get this freaking guy out of here. Can't wait. Any whoosie what's it, let's get into some minor Packers news before we get into some bigger stuff. Apparently, via Matt Schneidman's Twitter, the Packers uh, are installing some new video boards going up at Lambeau Field. He knows that because he was apparently outside of the stadium. You can see them constructing it, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, some very old news that I've been sitting on for a while, but might as well mention it. The Rams hired former Packers analyst Aubrey Pleasant as their passing game coordinator. He's already been a Sean McVay guy, but was also at the Green Bay Packers. Packers picked him up after the Lions fired him. So he's a guy that kind of is in these circles. So Lions didn't like him, but we do, basically. And then finally, I came across this story that was kind of funny. Um, kind of seems like it's poking fun at Ted Thompson, um, but that's obviously not my intent. It's just kind of an interesting story. You may have already heard it. I think I may have heard um, something kind of similar to it, but you get to hear it from the horse's mouth. Apparently, the Packers are very close to drafting Julian Edelman. So here is that story. <laughs> I don't think it only smokes, but yeah, no, and, and wanting to. The guy talking, by the way, is Seahawks GM John Schneider, who used to work for the Green Bay Packers as a scout. I remember wanting to uh, um, to draft him so bad in, in, in Green Bay, and, and uh, that that we had a seventh round. Talking about Julian Edelman. I'll pick that uh, we got, um, I did a trade with uh, Mike Tannenbaum with the Jets, and we had a, we had a CFL guy, um, Morley was his name, and and we we traded him. Uh, we got a, we had cut him, and then at the fifty three cut, and then we got a we got a pick for him. So I went to my boss, Ted Thompson, to sign at the time. God rest his soul. And I said, uh, so can I, you know, can I get that? Can I pick the seventh round pick? And he's like, oh, absolutely. And then we got around to it, and just Julian Edelman. And I'm like, sweet, we are gonna pick Julian Edelman. And he's like, no, I was just kidding you, man. I'm not gonna, do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you pick the guy. <laughs> what am I crazy? Yeah, yeah, no way. So that's how close we were to drafting Julian Edelman. Obviously kind of a fluky thing, but if you're John Schneider, especially considering, I'm sure shortly after that, um, he went on to be the GM of the Seahawks and just had an absolute hot streak. Can you imagine how cocky he would have been? I mean, he, he I'm sure he had a great resume in Green Bay. He found that gem in the seventh round. Then he gets hired to be a GM, and he creates the Legion of Boom, and he, he grabs an absolute stud quarterback in what, the, the third round, fourth round, in Russell Wilson? And then he goes out and gets some free agents and adds them to the Seahawks to make them better, and they're just an absolute powerhouse. He must be like, dude, I am the best GM that's ever existed. And then, then everything fell apart. Anyways, why don't we take a break? Um, on the other side of this, I have a note that's titled, Florio Really Ticks Me Off. So we'll dig into that a little bit. I've already done this rant, but Florio decided to uh, keep running his mouth. This was several days ago, but um, 
you know, we're going we're gonna to do this dance again because that's how I am. I just can't let things go. When other people can't let it go, I don't let it go. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you want to support the podcast. Um, please also consider supporting Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. Also on the Packernet Substack, which is just packernet.substack.com, there are going to be some free articles being released. Most of them will end up being uh, pay-per-view. But I've got a six-part series, as I think I mentioned, I don't remember, on the Green Bay Packers history. Not really my thing. Not a history guy. I'm not much of a writer, but I wanted to think of something to put over there. I could not think of anything. So that is going to be, again, six-part series over the next six days or however many days are left now. By the time of this release, I think yesterday was the first day. I'm also going to be getting through a bunch of scouting reports. I've already got, I don't know, six or so done. Two of them, I think, have been released. Just doing some minor editing, making sure everything looks okay. I'm sure it doesn't, but the the point is, it's not going to be pretty. It's a little bit sloppy. I just want to get you good information, a good little reference guide for these guys. And also, if you have any other thoughts of things that I can do, I I have one project in mind that I think would be really, really fun. See if some people are interested in, uh, some people in the know are interested in joining in. But again, that's packernet.substack.com. If you are a patron, by the way, and you're on that $5 or higher tier, and you want to get involved in the, uh, Substack, just let me know and I'll hook you up. That's a way to get a discount, I guess. Go to Patreon and sign up for the uh, $5 thing and then just shoot me a message saying, hey, use my email and sign me up and I'll get it figured out. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so we did this a week ago or five days ago, four days ago. I don't know what it was. But basically, Mike Florio threw a little hissy fit because he didn't like that Aaron Rodgers called him kind of out, but mostly Ian Rappaport out. They got some information wrong. They said he was going on his retreat on Monday. That was not correct information. And he basically said, you don't know jack squat about me, so stop pretending you have inside sources about what I do because you don't. And Florio, who wrote an article based on the report, which is not a big deal. Ian Rappaport says it. You write an article. If it's wrong, that's on Ian. It's not on you. But he hates Aaron Rodgers, and he is a defender of the media. And so instead of just taking it on the chin and being like, whatever, dude, not my big deal. I don't care. You can just put a little note in there. Edit. This turned out to be untrue. Or just delete the page because it's useless. He decides to go all in. And and what I've learned also, he's on the Rich Eisen show here. Rich Eisen, I really am really starting to not like Rich Eisen, is also clearly a Rodgers hater. But his style of Rogers hate is similar to another clip that I have, which is sort of like this uh, passive-aggressive, he makes his sly comments and giggles, 
It's really, really obnoxious. Phone calls, you know. But let's go ahead and indulge this absolute nonsense. He is the man who created Pro Football Talk and is on... You can skip some of this here. So we'll we'll skip ahead. We'll start here. So he asked kind of an open-ended question about the quarterbacks, and Florio just kind of has been waiting to tee this thing up. And right out of the gate, he just wants to start insulting Rodgers. Mike Florio, a few more minutes left with him. The uh, Thursday after Super Bowl 57, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What do the Jets do at quarterback? What are you hearing there? Because, you know, Rodgers, Peter King, your colleague at NBC Sports came on yesterday, say if the Jets don't get Rodgers, Lamar could be another big swing uh, opportunity for them as well. Do they stick with Zach? Uh, uh, honestly, what, do you, what are you hearing? It's up in I the think air. Derek Carr's one to watch. Todd Downing. By the way, I'm so tired of people saying, what are you hearing to people that are not hearing anything? Notice how he started the sentence with, I think. Because he's not hearing anything. Stop saying, what are you hearing? He's not hearing anything. He's now the passing game coordinator there, and he was quarterback's coach for the Raiders 2015-2016, offensive coordinator 2017 okay. when Derek Carr was there. I agree completely with what Tiki Barber said yesterday on his WFAN show oh, about Rodgers and the delicate genius not being able to handle the scrutiny of the New York media market. He just doesn't. See, and this whole thing has been serious, and now Rich Eisen, he's giggling. <laughs> he's one of these guys, and there are people like this who become big celebrities. They want the attention on their own terms. Hey, everybody, look at me. Pause. What the hell are you all looking at? Again, he tried the same trope on his own show. Rogers has never said, what are you looking at? He just corrected you because you were wrong, you big, freaking, blubbering crybaby. You don't want to be scrutinized. You don't want to be criticized. And, Rich, you know, you can envision, as a Jets fan, what that is. This is coming from a guy who's been butthurt for about a week now because of this situation where he was corrected. And it wasn't even him. Talk about a guy that's sensitive and can't let stuff go. And by the way, when you have to change the narrative, when you have to change what actually happened to make it sound more palatable, when you have to straw man the situation because that's not what happened to make it seem like you know what you're talking about and to make your argument, um, uh, to get more people on your side of the argument, it's probably because you know that you're wrong. Otherwise, you would just say what happened. You would just say, well, you wouldn't say anything because there's no reason to say anything because you didn't do anything wrong. Again, he yes, he goes on the show because he wants to go on the show. He wants to hang out with his friends, and he wants to be able to talk. And yes, he occasionally would like to correct people because, you know what? You freaking morons continue to lie, continue to create stories that are not true, create fictions, and God forbid the guy pops his head out of a hole once a week and says, okay, here's about three things that have been going on all week that are wrong, and I'm going to correct it. And then they throw a hissy fit. How dare you? And this nonsense that he's saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. And then when people just like Florio's just sitting there going, okay, he says, look at me. So we looked at him and then he turns around and says, don't look at me. Don't write about me. That's not what happened. There was blatant information that was wrong, flat out wrong. And, and the way he said it, he just criticized because he's freaking tired of it. And, and the fact that it gets so whipped up. Can you imagine millions of tweets, dozens and dozens of articles, 
YouTube videos all over ESPN and every news outlet that you can imagine. News about you talking about you, and it's not even true. And then you go on your friend's show. Somebody invites you on their podcast, and you go on. You're like, yeah, this isn't true. And then everybody calls you a crybaby. This is stupid. Introductory press conference is going to look like. Of all the teams in the NFL, the people covering the Jets are going to show up, and one of them would say to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, you were on Pat McAfee's show several weeks ago, and you suggested that all the people in the media who are making you a villain are doing so at the behest of Big Pharma, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. How can you justifiably accept a paycheck from the Johnson & Johnson heir, not to be confused with the O. Henry heiress, the Johnson & Johnson heir, Woody Johnson? How can you do it? That's hypocritical. Explain yourself. Packers media is never going to ask him a question like that. No other team. <laughs> Maybe because it's stupid. Media is ever going to ask him that question. That's just a sliver of what life would be like for him in New York. And we should want that because it would be great for business. <laughs> but I don't think it's great for Rogers. And I don't think he's, if he understands what he's walking into and so be great for business. Why? Because of all the drama, because of all the clickbait articles you get to write. What, what footing do you have to stand on as the guy that's begging for Rodgers to walk into an absolute landmine so that you can write ha-ha articles and then you criticize him for being soft. What an absolute D-bag. Supposedly he's really smart. I've heard that before. If he's that smart, he wouldn't do it. So somebody in the Wisconsin media is not going to ask him about shooting down Chinese balloons to keep a, a, an eye away from <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein? And the, the giggling. <laughs> Hunter Biden's laptop was that the thing that he said the other day? No, I, that that said though, the guy walks into New York despite that that press conference awkwardness and starts throwing. Touch is that, what is that a conspiracy theory? The Hunter Biden laptop? What are we saying? It doesn't exist. <laughs> First of all, I don't think he said anything about it. But I, now, are we calling that a conspiracy theory? It's literally a thing that exists. I don't know why. Why is it that if there are certain things, it's like I can't believe you talk about that why i mean it might not be a big deal but are you saying it's not a thing because that would be weird the uh president of the united states crackhead son who had all kinds of stuff on a laptop that he left somewhere because he was too coked out to remember to pick it up and then it got turned in and like that's that's okay i guess i guess if you mention that you're a conspiracy th like some of the stuff he says is crazy right for sure. Like, okay, Rogers, whatever. But when you say real things and then get called crazy, it kind of sounds like you're the one that's kind of full of crap a little bit. Touchdowns, and he, he gets the Canyon of Heroes treatment. Uh, the, he'll never be asked a question like that again. But Woody, but Woody here's the thing. Hey, hey, hey Rich, you better, you better throw touchdowns and no interceptions. You better not have a game like he had that Thursday night against the Titans when he misses wide. Or what? Or freaking what? They make it sound like the New York media is like, so what are you going to do? What, do you want the other guy back? Shut up, dummy. You haven't seen a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers could go have the worst year of his career, and it's the best quarterback the Jets have had in 50 years. You can step up and talk to me about Johnson and Johnson. Sit down, stupid. I'm not talking to you. Oh, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to run up there and rough them up? They're going to mug them in the subway? What are they going to do? They're going to ask questions. They're going to flap their stupid fat gums, and Rodgers is going to either answer it however he feels like it, or he's not. Acting like it's like, 
out in Vietnam. Like, I don't know if he can handle it. Oh, he's going to get PTSD out there. So who cares? It opens Sammy Watkins, misses wide open Alan Lazard, and he's getting booed by Lambeau. Lambeau Field? Yeah, and you know what? He wouldn't get booed by the Jets. He gets booed in Lambeau because people in Lambeau have high expectations, and I think that was the wrong thing to do. But people in Lambeau aren't used to seeing a slightly above-average quarterback, which is what Rodgers was. Aaron Rodgers performs like that out in uh, for the Jets? They're not going to boo? Are you kidding me? If they're gonna, if that's the standard for booing, they'd never stop booing for the last 40 years. Booing Aaron Rodgers? Imagine what it would be like in New York yeah, if be, that happened. You know it, it would be a round of applause. They'd be up cheering him. They'd be worshiping the ground he walks on because they'd never seen the Jets that good. Would be. He gets banged up, he misses a game, and then they put in some slappy third stringer <laughs> who throws for 300 yards, and that's... What, what? Who's the slappy that's going to throw for 300 yards? See, he's just being a D-bag for the sake of being a D-bag. Yeah, Rodgers is going to... So Rodgers is going to throw an incomplete pass, and then the Jets fans, who have never seen anything like this, are going to boo him, and then he's going to run and cry, and then some slappy's going to run out and throw for 300 yards, which is interesting because where's that guy been this whole time? If that was an option, why isn't he out there? It seems like they run through quarterbacks every five minutes for the Jets. Nobody's doing that. So who's slappy? I don't understand who slappy is in this story. Is it Pat Mahomes? Are they going to get Pat Mahomes as a backup? Is he slappy, you the idiot? The of heroes guy, and they want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Isn't that the Jets' formula? Sims rants <laughs> about that all the time, how Jets fans so quickly turn on the hero and embrace some guy who just happens to stumble into a good game. That's that- what everybody does. That's what every fan does. That's why Packer fans are obsessed with third-round quarterbacks because they, they, they get this high standard in their head of what perfection is, and they don't see it. And then the third-string quarterback comes out up against, like, Absolute nobodies are about to get cut the preseason, and they throw for 270 yards and four touchdowns and a half, and they're the hero, or more like probably 70 yards and and maybe one touchdown, but still, like two passes were amazing, and they will forever go down as, as the greatest Green Bay Packers of all time. Every fan base does that. That would eventually happen to Aaron Rodgers. I, if I'm him, I'd want no part of that. Right. If I'm him, what I'd want to do is go to San Francisco. Yeah, well, he's obviously not going to San Francisco, right? He shouldn't go to the. He shouldn't want to go to the Jets, and the Jets shouldn't want him. Nobody should want him. But it has nothing to do with Slappy, who's waiting to throw for three hundred yards, or the media, who's just so tough and scary. They're gonna get me. That has nothing to do with where you're gonna go or why, right? Who cares, dude? Somebody. <laughs> okay, so you you go up and you stand in front of the media, and what are they gonna say? Why are you only like the second best player on this team? Dang it. What's wrong with that? And he's not even going to be bad. He's not going to be bad in New York. With the weapons that they have out there, yeah, he, he might have bad days. But again, they don't even know what that looks like out there. A bad day for the Jets looks like, first of all, they're going to win because they got a really good defense, and Aaron Rodgers will do good enough to get a win. So it, th- th- this whole thing is stupid. The media is not good. They're going to treat him with kid gloves. You freaking kidding me? This guy's going to be, this is why Jets fans are begging for him. They're going to they're gonna love him. And you know who's going to be furious? Florio. They're going to worship the ground he walks on, and Florio's going to throw, he's going to have an absolute conniption. He's going to be twitching on the ground somewhere, angry that the Jets media isn't making Rodgers cry. Because that's what he wants. He wants Rodgers to cry. 
This all goes back. Didn't isn't this the guy Rogers called an idiot or something? There was one guy in the media that Rogers just flat out called an idiot, and I think it was Florio. And Florio is just again, you want to talk about soft? This guy cannot handle it. He will never let it go ever. And so he's going on. He's talking on his own show. He's going on the Rich Eisen show because Rich doesn't like Rogers either. Obviously, I can tell he's been talking about Rogers all week, and every single guest he has on, they're snickering and sneering and laughing at him. This this is stupid. I yeah, I would not trade for Rodgers. I wouldn't do it. But that's not the point. And then and then his big brain busters. I would go to the 49ers. Yeah, dumb dumb. He's not going to get traded. Of course he would like to go to the 49ers. The Packers aren't going to trade him there. So it's a useless conversation. This guy is such a thin-skinned dork is what he is. He's not very smart. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's just swinging wildly because he knows Aaron Rodgers is in a dark hole somewhere and isn't going to respond. And so he's going on all his ally media buddies who also don't like Rodgers. And they go on and they have their little catty laughing fits. I mean, this is, this is like what middle school girls do. This isn't what guys do. Guys are much more confrontational. This is all like gossipy, like, ew, look what she's wearing. <laughs> and then like seven girls laugh and then you feel horrible and you go cry in the bathroom. Florio's a little girl, is what he is. If he had a pl- problem with Rodgers and wanted to hand- handle it like a grown-up adult, like a man, he would address Aaron Rodgers personally. And I don't mean call him, because I'm sure you don't have his phone number, but you have a platform, and you go on and you s- say something to Rodgers. You don't make snarky little comments. Like the Johnson & Johnson thing would be a hard thing for him to get out of. Why would it be a hard thing for him to get out of? He personally chose not to shove that in his body. So that means he can't go play for the Jets. It makes him a hypocrite. Are you that stupid? What if you got the Moderna shot because you thought Johnson and Johnson was less safe? Can you not go there? Can we check all the Jets players? Are every single one of them vaccinated with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine? Or is this conversation completely idiotic? You really think that's a gotcha? You know what he's going to say? I have nothing against anybody that took that shot. I just personally chose not to do it. That's it. And it has nothing to do with my decision to come here. I didn't come here because of the the owner and the business that he runs. I came here to win a Super Bowl for the city of New York. And you know what that answer does? It makes Rogers the hero and the media a bunch of garbage human beings, a bunch of idiots that are obnoxious. So don't ask that question because it's not a very good gotcha. It's a big swing and a miss and it makes you look like a dork, which is what Florio is, a giant dork. So tired of all the cattiness. And Rich Eisen's show is the worst. There's another show they had Ian Rappaport on. I, I've got it here. I could play it, but Ian is much better. He he's like he he eventually kind of gets goaded into taking a couple shots, which is what they've been waiting for. I think it was like Tiki Barber and somebody else, but the entire time they're snickering, and that's all they're doing, like snickering like little girls. <laughs> it's so stupid. Do what I'm doing. Grab a microphone and say, Rogers, you're a freaking moron. But they won't do that. They get somebody else on the show and they ask questions trying to lead them into saying, so uh, what happened with the, the Rodgers? Oh, you know, it's just, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I get that. But like, but like he called you out, right? Like you should probably say something about him. Well, you know, Rodgers has like his beliefs and it's like, <clears throat> you freaking coward. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it, it, and it's an insulated bubble too, which I think is annoying. They all tell each other these things that they think make sense. And then they just talk to each other about it. And, and don't get me wrong, it's that way on the McAfee show, too, with the, the whole, like, how obnoxious 
McAfee is when he asks Rogers questions. He's softball. You're the greatest of all. Like, I got to talk about how you're the greatest ever for 45 minutes before I get to my question. And then he does the same thing where he's trying to get Rogers to smack somebody in the face. But the bottom line is what I care about is what's real. And what's real is what Rogers is saying. And what's fake is what these idiots are saying. And then trying to come back with, oh, you're so sensitive, bro. Why are you so sensitive? No, that's a BS thing to say. That has nothing to do with it. You said something. He said you were wrong. Suck it up. Take it on the chin like a grown-up and move on with your life. And again, Ian has. He didn't say anything. He's not clapping back at anybody. But frickin' Florio, who wrote an article based on somebody else's bad information, can't just let it go. He's so angry that Rogers scored a point, and everybody sees it as Rogers scoring a point, and it was on a major network. And, and again, you get this non-media guy in Pat McAfee who shouldn't even have this big a show because, God forbid, you don't come up the right way. He's not a part of some big network. He did it his own way. He's doing his own thing with his own guests. Not an improved list of beliefs and everything else that he that everybody else is, uh, has to align with. And they get to come out and say whatever they want, and Florio hates it. And then, not only that, they get to come out and laugh at you and mock you because you suck at your job, and he just can't handle it. And, and, and Ian Rappaport did handle it the right way. He went on this other show where the two guys are snickering the whole time, and Ian basically said, look, my job is to get information and to report information, and once I do that, as, as long as I know I did my proper due diligence, I let the rest kind of just fall where it may. Because I know I did my job. It is what it is. I tried my best to report the best information that I had. It is what it is. I really do like Ian Rappaport. I trust Ian. I think he goes about things the right way. If he doesn't know, he says he doesn't know. Schefter, shysty to me. Peter King, I don't know, but he seems fine, I guess. I don't know. He just writes that one column. But Ian, I like. Florio is just, he is a sensitive, do-nothing, Rogers hater, Packers hater, snickering, sneering little girl that does not know how to just pick his battles. Because he doesn't have any battles. What could he possibly say? Rogers, you have weird views. Okay, dude, yeah, good one, original. Also kind of makes you a douche for worrying about that. That's the th- And I think that's also a source of annoyance. There really isn't an attack point, so that's why all of these things get made up. Well, he's, he's, he's saying, pay attention to me, and then he gets sensitive about it. That's not right. No, you made that up. There is nothing to attack. What, he's taking too long with his decision? Okay, I guess. Not really. I mean, you could take some other angles if you want to go back in the past. You want to talk about how he treats people or whatever. If you got some inside information, you can kind of go back to that. But as far as this stuff that's really bothering you, there's nothing you can say about it because he's not actually doing anything wrong. Weird? Sure. But it's just, it's just this absolute constant meltdowns by these people. They hate him so much, and they just make idiots of themselves. And then they all talk to each other in their insulated little bubbles and think that they're right about stuff. I have not been on Roger's bandwagon for quite a while now, but I spend as much time defending the guy as I do trashing the guy because of how stupid everybody's being. What the heck did he do wrong? Again, let's follow the simple course of action here. Somebody said something that wasn't true. Roger says, hey, that wasn't true. And the reaction is, why are you so sensitive, bro? He's doing this on purpose. He's planting these thoughts in our heads. He's making us write these articles. He's making us lie. And then he trashes us for after he forced us with mind control to do all this stuff. That's not right. Okay, dude. And I, I also, with this new the new reports that are going on, I, I don't know how this is all going to materialize. I have no idea. I'm still super confused about it. But I, I, I just, I feel like 
there's going to be way too much victory lapping if he ends up leaving based on these reports. I mean, not not that he left based on the reports, but because of the reports that the Packers are disgusted with him. Once he leaves, it's going to be the Wicked Witch is dead. Thank the good Lord he's gone. And it's it, that's the thing. None of this is based on football. You know how I know? Because I want him gone based on football. And I'm not going to do that because that's an irresponsible and disrespectful way to treat a guy that's been as good as Aaron Rodgers for this whole time. You don't act that way based on how he is in terms of his football. You do that because you hate him as a human being. And that's what gets annoying about this is, is we're just trying to talk football and these people are not talking about football. People acting like this, it's not a football thing. Right here, I'm the guy. I want Rodgers to go to another team so that we can get the draft capital, so that we can start love, stack some talent around him, offensive line, wide receivers, tight ends, et cetera, whatever. I'm that dude right here. I'm willing to captain the fan club if, if, if there's an opening. But this, this trying to pretend that this cattiness and this anger and this rage and this venom that doesn't make any sense is somehow tied to, I kind of want to move forward with Jordan Love, give me a break. Pretending the level of vitriol from the media is because of what? Because Rodgers did something wrong? What did he do? Nothing. He didn't do anything. He's talking. And that ticks you off. Because you want to be able to say he's the bad guy without him being able to respond. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. You don't get to monopolize information. That's what the bad guys do. It's the bad guys that want to control information. The good, the good guys want as much information as possible. They want Rodgers to talk and every other voice to be able to talk. Go ahead. If you have a perspective, say it. Rodgers says this. Florio says this. Jennings says this. Randall Cobb says this. Okay, there you go. At least we all got it all out there. I don't want Florio controlling my opinion of the Green Bay Packers any more than I want Rodgers' opinion informing everything I believe about the Green Bay Packers either, or Matt LaFleur, or Brian Gutekunst, or anybody, because they've all got their biased perspectives on how things are going. On top of that, they have a perspective that they want me to have about the Packers. Gutekunst wants me to believe everything's all rosy and great and wonderful, and that's probably not the case. That's why it's always funny when it's like, you know, you say, oh, man, it seems like there's something not good with the locker room. And somebody comes out like, oh, really? Look what Randall Cobb said. Everything's great. Okay, that's just Randall Cobb. What about these guys over here? What about that guy over there? You're saying everybody in the locker room has the same opinion? I want more information. It's going to give me a better picture because at the end of the day, that's all I want. I just want the most clear picture I could possibly get so that I can form the most correct information and have the best possible understanding about what's going on. And having bias, injecting politics, racial preference, any of this stuff is going to make me less accurate, less correct, and provide a less quality podcast. I just want to know what's true, and you can take all the rest of that crap and go fight about it somewhere else. Because that's what this is. This Florio stuff, it's all garbage. The McGinn stuff, we'll see. We may not, I, I, we may not get an answer on it. But I tell you what, I'm 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 at the point where I'm 50% higher that Rodgers or above 50% that Rodgers stays. And that was prior to the McGinn and Silverstein Stein thing. And now I don't know what to do because it seems crazy that after those reports that he'd just come back, especially considering again, I I don't think it makes sense for him to come back. So there's a major clash going on right now. Or on one hand, it's like he's definitely coming back. And on the other hand, it's like, I don't, I, I can't imagine they would just drop those bombs and not know what the heck they're talking about. 
But anyways, Florio takes me off. I just want people to say things that make sense. If you have a problem with the guy, just say honestly what it is. Like, I don't like him. He's a weirdo. All right, fair enough. There you go. Good enough. Get it. Now, don't inject that into other stuff. Don't say a good pass was a bad pass because you don't like his, his opinions. Now we're getting into stupid territory. Don't discredit his entire career because of his views on UFOs. That doesn't make any sense. Those things, they don't exactly correlate. You know what I mean? But just be freaking honest about this stuff. There's nothing honest about anything that we just listened to. He can't handle the New York media. Yes, he can, dummy. My goodness. He subjects himself to scrutiny all the time. He's an NFL football player. He doesn't have a choice. Yeah, but this would be more scrutiny. Oh, okay, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll get him for sure, yeah. Got 20-year-old kids coming out of college, going to play quarterback and sucking, and they can get in front of the podium. And you know what? They don't burst into flames. But Rodgers can't do it. Zach Wilson can do it. Rodgers can't do it. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Tomorrow we got an um, interesting take on A.J. Dillon that I want to cover. Uh, Rodgers' ranking that I thought was interesting. Some bold predictions, including Aaron Rodgers. Potential of drafting a corner. A new flashy tight end that we definitely need to look at. So make sure you tune in tonight. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.